So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swore, and today, guys, we have um, a uh, mother of three. So I guess we'll start with the importance. Kids are most important. Family is most important. Mother of three, family nurse practitioner, and functional medicine provider over at Stat Wellness. Uh, Not only is she a badass in her career and a badass mom, but she's also great at maintaining her own fitness levels. She makes that a top priority what she does. Um, she does a lot of garage gym training right now. I'm excited to talk about how she implements that into her daily life, um, as well as some other really fun topics that we're going to get into today, guys. So um, without further ado, Athena, how are Hi. you? Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. So, um, and I, and you know, I've known you for a few years now, and I always thought your last name was Newell, but I just found out 20 seconds ago that it's Newell. Newell. Athena Newell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that goes- funny. Yeah, that goes along with that makes sense though, because like, man, I just must be a really bad like um, enunciator uh, or a pro, a or I pronounce words wrong in my brain right. quite a bit. Yeah, I, I remember when I was in um, undergrad, and it's going to be a really nerdy joke. If you're not in the world of medicine, so I'm sorry, but um, I remember I was uh, uh, like reading and it, like the gastroc, right? So your gastro, your gastrocnemius and, uh, is the correct way to say it, but it's spelled gastrocnemius is how it always like say it in my head. And there's a big lecture hall. And that was the answer to one of the questions. And I raised my hand. And I said, gastrocnemius. And of course the professor knew what I meant, but he just like rode me really hard about it. Oh, He's like, man. what did you just say? Like, so say it again, one more time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every time. So I, I, so I have an undergrad in exercise science actually. And so I had to take some athletic training courses and undergrad. And I always hear Sean Connery's name mm-hmm. or his voice when I say gastrocnemius. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> so that's how I always remembered how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, so now, I, you know, now I don't even say the whole word cause I'm self-conscious about it. Now I'll just say gastroc because that's all anybody yeah. ever calls it anyway. <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thanks for coming on the podcast here. Uh, so for, we've had, um, a couple of functional medicine providers on here, um, which is awesome. And a lot of them are from stat. Yeah. Um, but can you just give our audience uh, a quick rundown of uh, like an elevator pitch of the, of it, if you will, uh, what the difference is between functional medicine and traditional medicine? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so functional medicine is a root cause approach to medicine. So we really want to get to the underlying cause of why we're having some sort of condition, disorder, symptom. Um, and we also look at the body as a system, one large system, instead of breaking it down into individual systems, like I'm going to go to my cardiologist for my heart and my nephrologist for my kidneys or my endocrinologist. Like we're really looking at the whole body as a system and how they interact among one another. So why is my, um, you know, am I having gut symptoms and also depression or is um, my metabolic disorders affecting my cholesterol and my blood sugar level? So we're just looking at the whole body as a system. And ideally, if we can get to the root cause of the problem, we can solve a lot of problems all at one time or over the course of time. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the short story of it, which I love because then it just makes way more sense. Oh, for sure. Oh gosh. I, like, um, I mean, here, here's a big difference between functional medicine and traditional medicine. Uh, your first appointment is an hour long <laughs> with your medical provider. Um, right. That's unheard of in the medical community. Um, yeah. I mean, like most time when I go to the doc, um, which isn't often, thankfully, but, uh, if I do, I see the doctor for like maybe 10, 15 minutes and they're like, yep. Sounds like you've got a flu or the cold and you're fine. Uh, or, it's very much so like, yeah, it sounds like this and here's this medicine or um, it sounds like this. You don't need it. You'll be fine. Um, right. And it's very rarely like they don't even know that like when I was a kid, like I had tubes put in my ear or when, you know, or when I, I almost had my tonsils removed because I had strep throat so many times. And like all of these things can play, play a role in why you're feeling a certain way now or why you're getting a certain illness or why you're struggling with something like your body's history plays a role in how it presently is presenting. So. Exactly, exactly. Like you can't isolate what's happen happening now to what happened, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when you got in that car accident or where you had that viral mm -hmm. um, illness. And, and there's, you know, we've seen even autoimmune diseases are, are, are seen as being possibly post-viral. We know that's been well-documented with type 1 diabetes is that um, mm -hmm. they had some sort of viral illness and two or three months later, oh, suddenly Timmy, a 10-year-old, mm -hmm. has type 1 diabetes, that it's usually viral related, which is just crazy. But I mean, I think that, you know, sometimes you can hear functional medicine providers kind of like shaming the conventional medicine side of things. And I don't, I mean, I think I understand where that comes in and why that happens, but it's necessary. I think, especially with COVID right now, we're really realizing a how necessary conventional medicine is that we can be really good at acute um, medicine and, mm -hmm. and emergency medicine and that like crisis scenario sometimes. Um, and, and it's necessary, but we need that other complementing side of functional medicine to help the people who are slipping through the cracks or feel like they're not being heard and they're not being seen. Oh, the doctor says I'm normal, but I'm still feeling like garbage every day and nobody wants to listen to me. Um, yeah. or they just want to put me on antidepressants or whatever. And um, yeah. so I think we can complement each other really well. And so I'm hoping maybe over the course of the next 15, 20 years that, um, conventional me medicine, like there's a nod at functional medicine saying, Hey, they can do something we can't hear. Um, sure. maybe even one day insurance will cover it. And that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think, uh, you know, I, I equated a lot to, um, the, like the world of rehab versus the world of surgery, right? Like they obviously play a role one-on-one, -on -one, but you've got a large population of uh, PTs that are just like, 
rag on like different surgeries and the, and uh, the traditional medical route, which, you know, there's a reason why there's those frustrations there. Right. Um, but there's also um, surgery is around for a very important reason. Right. And medicine is around for a very important reason. It can right. eliminate a pandemic with uh, vaccines. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, it's finding the right balance between the two. And I think uh, you guys, everyone over there, especially you over there at stat, uh, wellness, um, which is where you currently work. Um, you guys strike a really good balance with that. And we were talking a little bit before the show and it's something that I explain to patients when I'm trying to explain like what it is you guys do. And, um, it's really more just like personalized medicine too, and personalized care. Um, you know, you're having a, having a provider take a look at everything and, and you as a person and man, I've seen like notes that you guys take over there and they're absurd. I have no idea how you get anything else done. Um, they are, they are comprehensive to say the least. Yes, they are. Yeah, I I thought maybe because my patient load was being cut in like more than half coming to stat Mm -hmm. that I would save time charting. And that is not the case. (laughs) Kyle and I are constantly like trading off tips on like how to like streamline (laughs) a little faster. Um, Yeah, it's a work in progress. For sure. For sure. So then, all right. So functional medicine, I know a lot of people think about like, oh, so like, uh, like, stuff that you eat, or they're going to take a look at my history and I should my gut health or like my hormones, or, um, there's a lot of like, um, uh, catchphrase, not catchphrases. Um, what is, what's the word I'm trying to use here? Uh, huh? Catch all catch all. No, not even that, but just like a lot of like hot button words that people like, um, we're like, uh, you know, hormones, I feel like are driven are at the forefront of a lot of what people are preaching right now. So, and I know that's something you guys take a deep look at. Um, mm-hmm. What are some things that you notice? And this is, can be painting with a broad stroke or just in general medicine. You don't have to like, this isn't like gospel by any means, but um, from a hormonal level, are there anything that you're noticing that people should be taking a little bit more uh, or paying a little bit better attention to? Um, and that can be men or women or both, or just as a human as a whole. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously being a woman (laughs) and being a mom of three and having my own history of like hormonal imbalance stuff, there's things that I experienced that I was like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize this thing was abnormal. And so Mm -hmm. um, I tell my patients a lot like this is common, but it is not normal. Having like a common symptom is like a PMS. PMS in general, like, yeah, there's um, a spectrum of of, of Mm -hmm. severity of PMS. But if you're like experiencing like crazy insomnia around your period or um, any really any sort of menstrual irregularity, um, anxiety, weight gain or or inability to lose weight, like there's all these symptoms that we associate or fatigue. Fatigue is another one. If you wake up every single morning and or throughout the day that you're feeling like you want that another cup of coffee or you're doing all the things like you're exercising, you're sleeping well, you're eating pretty well, but you're still so run down. Like those things are not normal. So there's all of these like common, not normal symptoms that I talk to my patient about. And I hate that women live that way that will, they'll Mm -hmm. go to their doctors and say, Hey, I'm having this crazy fatigue or um, my period is so heavy. And they either Mm want to put them on an antidepressant or put them on birth control. And that's, ultimately like that's not the answer and it's just having a band-aid or delaying and that that really sucks like delaying um the symptoms until they're in their 30s 40s 50s um Mm -hmm. and then they're like having to kind of backtrack and try and figure things out um so yeah common not normal is a big one 
for sure. I think that's, I think that's, um, you know, and, and I, I've had, I've had the opportunity to talk to, you know, some pelvic floor therapists on here, a couple of different functional medicine providers, um, you know, people from all over the, the spectrum of healthcare. And the general consensus that I get is that uh, the health community, healthcare uh, historically has just kind of treated women like shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fair. Yeah. And uh, like, I'll never forget, like, man, I'd be, I would have been so mad if, if I would have been told this at some point, but um, this, uh, this other provider was telling me how she had a patient who um, she was having pain with sex and um, she was trying to tell that to her general provider. And he was, and he legitimately, this is her words, but like legitimately told her, like, well, why don't you just try a couple glasses of wine beforehand? And like, unreal like how that is how unbelievable yeah I'm like, right and unfortunately incredible. gosh I've heard that and this is not to like throw shade at I men but it's just men just they you cannot even understand so even like playing the role of like hey I'm so sorry I cannot understand that but let me try and help you find somebody who does like yeah. even if I'm not the person that can help you with that it's like man that's such a shame yeah and how heartbreaking Ugh. for sure oh man I think about that all the time and it's, 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 and look, my wife would not care about me telling the story either, but like, you know, on, on a little bit of a lower level, um, of, of just like the bluntness, cause you're right. Like you start thinking about the psychology of what that would do. And like, mm -hmm. is it me at that point? You know, like, cause you're, you're trying to treat you. Cause that's a, um, you're either very frustrated or you have a lot of trust in your medical provider when you, when you're, uh, letting out intimate details like that. Right. right. Um, and to have it like shut back in your face is frustrating, but like, um, like my wife, she was having some issues one time with like recurring UTIs and mm -hmm. uh, super common, but again, not normal. Right. Um, and she was super frustrated because, um, every time she go to a provider, uh, like the same provider, he would test her, like there'd be like, you know, it wasn't a UTI essentially, but would give her antibiotics, mm -hmm. um, to treat her for a UTI, but then like would give her all these lectures about hygiene and care. And she's like, look, douchebag, like, I'm not a dirty person, you know, like, right. and, uh, it's like and that UTI is derogatory. Uh, it so is. And like, um, when she, when she told me about it, um, she, I was like, why aren't you going to Kristen or why aren't you going to stat wellness? You know? And, uh, she did. And it was like, boom, one, like one appointment. And like, look, not always, this is, it's not always just like a one appointment thing, but right. like one appointment was able to be like, Oh no, 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 it's not that at all. It's this, like, you know, we looked at your lab levels and like, of course, no, it's not a UTI, but we need this. And like, um, helped her out immediately and she hasn't had issues with it since. So it's like crazy, right. Yeah. And, and how many people, not even just women because their doctors tell them are dismissive or they don't know what to do with you is what I really find is like doctors just don't know what to do about yeah, it. Um, sure. and they have, pri I don't, I don't mean doctors, I mean providers, but they're yeah. too prideful to, to, to try and help them, I think. Um, sure. and how many people just live with it because they think, well, my doctor's not worried about it. So I guess I don't need to be for sure. And that's a shame. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it right there. Like a lot of providers, and this is true of any health, of any, of any, not even healthcare, but any profession in any industry, you're going to have people that try to act like they either, either they try to act like they know more than they do, or they are dismissive about information that they don't understand. Right. And uh, it just happens to be in the world of healthcare that can be very detrimental to a human being to right. do that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that like uh, there's been plenty of situations where 
somebody's like, uh, we'll do like free phone consults or we'll have somebody come in and like, they'll want to work with us after surgery. And we're just going to have the right option for you right after surgery. There's plenty of other people that are better than you or better than better uh, for you with that. Uh, come talk to us when you get some of that initial rehab done, you're ready to get back to sport or, or performance. But um, also like I've worked with plenty of patients that, you know, I, for, I'm very fortunate where I get to work with people for a pretty long period of time. And so like you develop really strong relationships and like I'll work with women who uh, become pregnant and I'll work with them like, you know, through the pregnancy to a degree, but then like postpartum or if they have questions about, um, you know, leaking after pregnancy or, or, um, or during, or if they have like pressure or pain with running, then like, these are all questions that, um, are very appropriate to ask me. Right. Um, they should feel comfortable asking me, but I'm not the right person necessarily for you. Um, not because I'm a guy, but just, I haven't had the training for it. And, Mm -hmm. um, I have no issue like punting you over to certain people, but, um, I think that comes with humility as well of, of, um, understanding like, you know, that's not, not me or look how humble I am, but I think like, um, just having the humility to understand like what your skill sets are, what you're really good at and knowing that, and not being just, and taking the time to truly listen to somebody and being present with what they're telling you, um, and not being so dismissive of what people are trying to, trying to say, because there's all, all, I'm sure you see it all the time. Like somebody's coming into me for knee pain. It's not because they have knee pain. It's because now they're able, not, they're not able to do something that they really care about and they care about that for a reason. Right. So what is that reason? And uh, I'm sure you see that on a much deeper level when people are coming into you and, work, and working with hormones or they're working with low libido or they're working right. with um, some anxiety-based issues and they don't know why they feel so anxious all the time. Right. And, and it's um, because it's interfering in some way. Like, oh, I'm getting married in a year and my skin is a wreck. Right? Yeah. So it's not just about the skin. It's about right. like, I'm getting married and my pictures and, you know, mm-hmm. or my hair's falling out. And <laughs> so yeah. maybe they maybe would deal with it usually, but they for have sure. a thing, you know, they have a why really. Yep. For sure. And it's all about finding out what that why is yeah. when you, um, so kind of keep it along with that theme of, um, you know, uh, common, not normal. Do you, do you notice like, all right, so let's talk about, cause this is something that I'm actually pretty interested in. Cause I didn't, so I didn't know this was anywhere near as big of an issue as it was until I accidentally like stumbled into this uh, con ed course on accident at like a combined sections meeting for PT, but like leaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every woman who listens to this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking to talking about guys probably don't, but I had no idea. I was, I went to this running course and I thought it was just uh, running, <laughs> but it was running for women, particularly postpartum. And um, I had no, and, and like the speaker asked like, well, how many of you have ever struggled with leaking? And like the entire room raised their hand, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so um, I understand that there's a lot that you can do from a pelvic floor specialist kind of uh, approach. Are there things that you can see or that you notice from someone's like hormone levels or lab draws or things like that, that may be um, also assisting or not assisting, but making that issue worse? The leakage. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I personally worked with... Um, pelvic floor PT myself. Gosh, that's a great question. Cause mm-hmm. I've had a few patients come to me and talk about their leakage and maybe even their libido issues and thinking it was hormonal and really, which mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what I, I might like squeak over into is like the libido issue is that yeah. holy moly. I had no idea until fairly recently that that can also be a pelvic floor issue because I usually lump that into the hormonal, um, you know, menopause or progesterone um, Mm -hmm. issues. And so that's a great question. You know, I I don't typically have that. If I hear of the leaking issues, I usually will Uh think first things first. 
we need to go to um, pelvic floor PT. But hypothetically speaking, um, I suppose there could be neuro issues, but that's still yeah. kind of overflowing into PT. Yeah, interesting. Seen, honestly, maybe yeah. Krista would feel differently, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is, right? And yeah. and that's the that's kind of the fun part, especially when you get so much information on someone, it's not getting lost in the weeds, right? Because mm-hmm. you also understand too, and this is where the this is where the expertise comes in. Just because something some level may not be as high as maybe it should, you're still within a, a understandable range, right? Or mm-hmm. like these, these X components are all working together to be able to right. um, give you a better health picture of your healthcare. But um, yeah, that's really cool. So then when you, cause you also train yourself. So I kind of alluded that in your intro where um, you have a background, a strong background in CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And then when you moved to Atlanta, you started doing uh, your own workouts and your home gym. Yeah. So what was the reasoning behind going from a CrossFit gym to your home gym? We'll start yeah. there. Yeah, so I have kind of bounced around in different phases of life. So we have three kids and, you know, among like the journeys we've had with our three kids, when I had our first, I was in a CrossFit box. When I had my second, I kind of went between um, CrossFit and garage gym because I was in grad school after we had our second when I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And when we had our second, I was in grad school. So I just didn't have time or the money um, to afford to be able to be in a box. Um, And then you know, kind of between number two and number three, we moved to Atlanta. And once we moved here, um, same thing, we had a garage, an actual, like a good size garage. So yeah, um, I've been doing it for over a year and a half now in the garage. And I've just found that I've decreased the intensity a little bit. I love CrossFit and it's always going to be like one of my first loves when it comes to exercise. And it really did change my life in a way, not that I was unhappy before unhealthy before CrossFit, but man, Mm -hmm. it just like satisfies that competitive drive in me that I hadn't had um, between high school and, and kind of starting CrossFit. But, um, but I've just found that I just don't have a lot of time and I can do these, Mm -hmm. you know, today I, you know, I think it was maybe 30 minutes and it was kind of more Mm -hmm. of like a recovery and, I just had a little less pressure and I feel still like satisfied with my athletic ability where I'm at. Um, I still do miss being in a box though. For sure. Um, It's it's just great to be in a box, but. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you put such an emphasis on being able to kind of lead from the front of the healthcare provider. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause we see it all the time, unfortunately, where the cardiologist who smokes, right. Or the PT who, um, doesn't look like they, and not from a vanity standpoint by any means, but like, um, will be very open about like not exercising themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, has super, super poor eating habits or whatever the case may be. Um, and and that's unfortunate because it's really tough for your clients to take you seriously. If you can't even take your own advice seriously. Um, but also if it's from a performance standpoint at the, in the workplace too, not just from like, a like, uh, like true performer, team performance standpoint, but, uh, when you work out more, uh, you're you're able to think more clearly. You're able to help other people out a little bit more. You're making your cup a little bit bigger so you can give to other people because um, healthcare can be draining if you don't take care of yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's also a very big piece of what you guys do over at STEM. I mean, it's written all over your wall, movement, uh, medicine, and movement. They go hand in hand with one another. And right. I think uh, people – what so could you guys, for people who don't know about stat wellness um, and are listening – it's really, you walk in, you think it's a gym. Uh, it's got very much a gym feel and it's got these offices kind of tucked away on the sides. Um, 
do you have you seen what are some of what's what's been some cool stuff that you've seen from like maybe somebody coming in and like really has has there ever been a situation where you're like look let's just get you in the gym and get you moving a little bit and then right. let's check back in in about six weeks or whatever the case may be whatever you want to see right. that and then uh, they come back and their levels are great <laughs> or yes. whatever whatever you're looking at look their markers right. look awesome and you're like look you didn't have to do anything that you thought all these crazy things you thought you had to do you just had to move a little bit more right you know and most of I mean half the time it's like. I didn't do this. I just motivated you to do this. Right. And there's, yeah. there's a few patients that we, that will walk in the door and all we need to do is kind of like get their lifestyle and track and movement is a big piece of that. And, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm thinking of like women who are trying to get pregnant and they need blood mm -hmm. sugar regulation. They need to move their bodies now, um, before they even conceive because man, pregnancy is such a tipping point for women's health. Um, yeah. that if we uh, can really focus on the preconception period, um, get them moving, get them like just eating whole foods or dropping the diet Coke or, you know, mm -hmm. even it's just, sometimes it can be just such small things, um, yeah. that women will notice, Oh wow. My periods are more regular than they've ever been before, which any menstrual stability, um, or regularity is good for fertility. So for sure. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Um, I wouldn't say that I am like the whiz at getting women pregnant, but <laughs> I think just like getting their hormones stabilized so that yeah. they can do, you know, have their why, which is a baby sometimes. For sure. you know? uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And also it helps a lot with like, um, like I know, um, with anxiety or just mental health issues in particular movement helps out a ton with that. Oh like I'm, I'm not trying to step toes on toes of, of uh, you know, psychologists or, or sociologists or, or not sociologists, but a psychologist. Um, but that is, I, I mean, the amount of stress that you get, I forget what the, with the exact type, like e EDM or ERM or something like that, where um, it's a type of psychology where like they look side to side. Um, yes. And I uh, forget the name of the psychologist. EMDR? But she, EMDR. That's it. That yes. It? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And she would have them look at like uh, two different color post-it notes or whatever, as they were going through and talking about like a stressful situation or some post-traumatic stress or some uh, post-traumatic stress type issues or harmful events. And um, it uh, both objectively and subjectively like improved anxiety and improved the PTSD and all these other things. And what's really interesting is there's a study that kind of took that. I was like, okay, well, let's look at when people run. And they saw like decreased anxiety levels and, and they tracked people's eyes when they run. And when we were moving forward, we're looking side to side in our environment and it also can help drop anxiety levels. So, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Super cool stuff, right? Man, and, I love that. I would love to hear what that is like for some other, I mean, not just running, but like some other activities. Because one of the things sure. I really push um, in stat is like, if my patients aren't working out regularly, like I don't care what you're doing, just do it regularly. I don't care if you're walking yeah. up and down your driveway, just do something that you enjoy on a consistent basis. And then we'll start adding things in because strength training yeah. is huge. Women need to be doing strength training to some degree um, mm -hmm. for hormonal health, for bone strength. But mm -hmm. I just want them to get in the habit first and then start doing things that they enjoy um, or just add that in. But enjoyment and habit are like huge. They're so important. For sure. Um, but yeah, from like a, a, a exercise for me is like a non-negotiable. There's some non-negotiables yeah. for other people. Maybe it's their sleep. Sleep is super important for me. My movement is like my non-negotiable. And over mm -hmm. the course of like, 
10 years of being super consistent with my exercise, um, I definitely notice on the weeks, like when the weather's not so good and I can't get out or I'm having one, like a super stressful day, I know I need to get out and move. Um, cause that's just become like something I just cannot do without, um, right. among other things, but yeah, For sure. Well, I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, it's interesting because exercise, the, those first few, those first few weeks, we've all kind of been there where, you know, maybe you've taken, life hits you, right? And you've taken some time off or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and you're trying to get back in at, after it for the first time for a little while. And those first couple of weeks suck, right? Mm-hmm. And, but you're right, man, when the, when you have like, uh, years worth of habit formation there mm-hmm. and you, you take it, you break out of that habit or you are a little bit relaxed on that habit you, you start to realize like, Oh my God, like, uh, I never realized how bad my body could feel. Right. Or flip that around and say, I never, or a lot of people never realize how good their body could feel. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, cause you're just kind of stuck in this perpetual fl- uh, phase of inflammation, which we can talk about that. That's a whole nother thing, right. Where, mm-hmm. um, chronic, and I'm not talking about an inflammation, like you've got patellar tendonitis, or I'm talking about like low grade inflammation to your body that can cause things like Alzheimer's disease. It can cause, um, all kinds of, like anxiety. It can cause weight gain. It can cause depression. It can cause a, an array of different issues yeah. that, um, appropriate if you're working with somebody like, like yourself, getting those hormones, hormones, internal, like looking at, um, different biomarkers that you guys look at, um, what you're like, uh, and then also throwing in appropriately graded met, uh, movement can be such a powerful, as cliche as it is, such a uh, such powerful medicine in and of itself, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So then when you are working with somebody with, um, we'll say they're coming in and they're super anxious uh, because it's 2020, right? And they are uh, going to give a patient, a uh, patient, we'll do a little, ki- like not case study, that's not the right word to say, but uh, run through here. Uh, so say I'm coming into your office, I feel really anxious. Um, I've gained some weight recently that um, uh, because of that, uh, my eating habits haven't changed a ton. And, um, but I'm also trying to get pregnant. Mm. What would be like, what would be your first, or not your first, but what, where would you start with something like that? Sure. From a yeah, I like medicine that. standpoint. There was a really good analogy I'd, um, gosh, I think it was called Pursuing Medicine. Julie Fouché does that podcast and her husband is also, um, a primary care functional medicine provider. And he described it as um, if we're filling a cup, we're going to first put the rocks in. And mm-hmm. then after that, we're going to put a, the pebbles in and then the sand, right? That's how you're going to fill your cup and make it optimally, right? Or most mm-hmm. efficiently. And so the, the first things that I care about with um, any woman, but Hey, we'll just talk, you know, pregnant, trying to get pregnant um, is like the basics. Um, are you moving multiple times a week? Um, ACOG and um, just, you know, just the general recommendation for movement is moderate movement, 150 minutes a week. Like, we'll just say that. Like, are you moving mm-hmm. at, a, at a regular pace that's challenging? Um, are you sleeping eight plus hours a night? Are you eating a well-balanced meal that's, you know, a low amount of like sugar intake and alcohol intake, those sorts of things. How are your relationships? So like, those are the most important things. What's your mental health like are, are most important. And so mm-hmm. if, if any of those big ones are missing, um, not to say I wouldn't move on to something else because we want our patient, our goal, our patient's goals are most important, but um, those are the things that we need to like 
prioritize. After that, yeah. we'll look at like vitamin deficiencies. What's your your vitamin D look like? Because that's going to play a role in your immune system and your hormone stability. It's like a general health and wellness um, vitamin. Your B vitamins are very important for um, embryo fetal formation. So um, that's one of the hormones that if you don't have a good folate level, you will, you can have an early miscarriage. And it's really common mm. in women that um, are not expecting to get pregnant because they're not on prenatals, those sorts of things. So vitamins are a big one. Hormonal levels are next. Um, so I usually kind of do all that all at one time. Um, mm -hmm. But for the woman that is, you know, going to get pregnant next year, or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm coming to you because I want to start thinking about these things. Lifestyle is like 100% the first thing we focus on. And then, of yeah. course, like making sure that they're working on like the vitamins and nutrients through their food. So, yep. yeah. And then, of course, yep. like the sand is like, do they have mold toxicity or a heavy metal <laughs> or did they yeah. have Lyme's disease at some point, mono or Epstein-Barr? Like, that's when we'll start to like look at the smaller things. They're not small, yeah. but they're not the first thing we look at. For sure. They're, uh, you know, I, I had a provider or a clinical instructor tell me one time, like, don't go looking for the scary stuff because that stuff will find you, right? Like, right. Um, essentially, yeah, essentially what he was trying to say is like, uh, you know, if somebody's coming in with like a hip issue, don't immediately start thinking that they have some type of like lumbar cancer, <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, uh, let's let's see, do, do, do they have enough hip rotation first and then we can do, get after it. Right. Um, well, that's great, Atina. I, I mean, like, I love that approach. I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, if, if, if you're listening and you haven't had an opportunity to check out functional medicine, I could not recommend stat wellness enough. Um, any of their providers are great. Athena's uh, obviously I have a ton of respect for her else. She wouldn't be on the show. Um, so Athena, if somebody wanted to reach out to you or if this really piqued their curiosity, um, what would be a good way for them to be able to reach you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I try not to like overwhelm it with a lot of functional medicine stuff. So I just want to <laughs> see, want you to just see what I am in real life. Um, so my Instagram is athenawellness.co. Um, you can email me at athenanewellnp at gmail.com. That's my uh, nurse practitioner email. Um, or you can find me at statwellness.com and book an appointment. Awesome. We also do free 15 minute consults. So that is a great way to figure out like, is this a good fit for me? Um, and most of the time it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of course yeah. it is. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's great. And guys, it's Athena Newell, not Newell. Yes. <laughs> uh, when you, when you give the office a call, um, Athena, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.